0: Hey, it's Neville Medora, and today for Friday, May 14th, I am reviewing the stupid email. And stupid email means a swipe, thought, uplifting picture, interesting, and drawing. So let's get started with a swipe. Now, look at this. Have you always wanted a live monkey? Oh my God, this is the best ad in the world because one, yes, I want a live monkey. Now, I don't know if this would fly anymore, but this is overall like a really great Ad. I mean, it starts out really strong with, have you wanted a live monkey, which 100% of the human population would say yes. And then two, there's a picture of this awesome monkey wearing like an old school swim outfit or something like that, which is pretty grabbing. So already off to a great start. So if we're talking about ADA, it's got attention out the, out the yin yang. So attention, interest, desire, action. So then it goes through some features and benefits of a of owning a live monkey, which is pretty awesome. And then it actually offers a money back guarantee or a monkey back guarantee. Thanks to whoever on Twitter uh, gave me that suggestion. Um, and it has a really call, strong call to action in the form of this form that you fill out over here. So uh, you get a money back guarantee, fill out the form, and uh, supposedly they send you information how to buy a live monkey. So once again, I'm not sure if this would fly again today, but uh, this is overall a pretty great ad. Let's go to a thought. So email and social media posts uh, have similar lifespans based off what I have seen at least. Um, So after sending, you can often expect this spike of action. So as soon as you post on Twitter or Facebook or something, you start seeing likes and actions and stuff pour in right away. And similar with email, you start seeing open rates go up. You start seeing clicks, et cetera, happen right away. Then after five hours, often that action kind of slows down. Like a lot of it has kind of happened. But then it slowly turns, slowly turns, people from different time zones come on, people log on different times a day, more action happens. And then after about 24, 48 hours, the action is usually completely tapered off. So I always wait a full 48 hours before judging the success of an email or a social media post. Uh, For emails, almost all the action stops after 48 hours. You get a a little bit of a trickle here and there, but 98% or 99% of the action is after 48 hours. Here is something uplifting. Um, The sudden transition to remote work has shown the power of video calls like big time. Now I've been doing remote work for the last five, 10 years. So it was like no surprise to me when this happened. But for the last five years or so, if a consultant client of mine is nearby, like if they're in Austin or whatever city I'm in at the moment, I would actually not meet up with them in person since it takes so much more time and effort versus a video call. So if it was a video call, it would be exactly one hour or you know, maybe a little bit more, but it would be about an hour and I just hop on the call and hop off and that's it. That's the time is done. But if I want to meet up with this person in person for quote unquote only an hour, that means I have to plan my whole day around this, okay? So that means I'm going to have to like get dressed. I'll have to smell okay, right? So I take a shower because I'm going to see this person in person. And then I have to drive often and then go see them, say hello, blah, 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 talk to the receptionist, something, something. And then we talk for an hour and it's really rude to just end a meeting like that. So it'll often go for more than an hour. And then I have to go home, all that kind of stuff. It's just so much more effort to meet up in person often than just a video call. And I think it has been shown. Uh, so the benefits of virtual calls versus in-person meetings are are immense. Um, you can... Record the call and turn it into multiple forms of media, which you definitely can't do with an in-person meeting, or at least not as easy. Um, You can share screens, links, drawings way easier than in person. Like if you try to share something with someone in person, you have to like get on the same side of a table and show their laptop to you or something like that. Whereas with uh, a screen recording, or sorry, a video call, you can just share your screen, which is so much easier. Um, You can mute audio or turn off visuals temporarily. So if you're in a physical meeting and need to just really pick your nose, <laughs> you know, you, it, it's really hard to do it. You got to like cover up or something. Whereas with a, uh, with a video call, you just, uh, you know, turn off your video for a second and uh, hope you don't turn it back on while you're picking your nose. And then you could also uh, simultaneously talk in text chat. So that's pretty powerful. We can send links to each other real quick. Um, you can modify your voice and appearance. So. I think that's a big deal and it's going to be an even bigger deal as time goes on. We'll be able to have like full face filters that change your appearance to make you look better or worse, turn you into an alien, whatever you want to do. Um, I think it's awesome that geography does not matter at all. I mean, what, what, a, what a massive, massive advantage that is and can potentially bring billions of people out of poverty because they have the chance to participate in the economy based as someone who's like in San Francisco or whatever big city, even though they may be in a remote part of Bangladesh. Now it kind of just doesn't matter. Um, You could also force mute other people, which is kind of cool. You can't do that in a meeting of eight people and there's just one guy that just won't shut the hell up. I wish you could just like boop, mute him, but (laughs) with Zoom or Google Hangouts, you can. Um, and then there's just no travel time. I think this is such a such a big deal. I've always thought that it was just so annoying to go to an in-person meeting versus a video call. So it's kind of cool that everyone's now seeing this that how much how much time just traveling takes. So uh, my favorite aspect of video calls is that you can change up your setting so easily. Um, so for example, I was just fooling around before to make it look like I'm talking from a jungle like this right now. Uh, So I thought it'd be fun to record like this, whereas before I was recording a different type of scene. So you could just like change up your environment, which is pretty cool. Now, the only thing better than uh, video calls is in real life. And the reason that in real life IRL is better is because of a couple things. First of all, there's zero millisecond latency visuals. So if you and I were sitting next to each other and talking, we have essentially according to humans, zero milliseconds, no latency delay. I can see you, I can hear you, and there's no delay at all. Um, On a, a call, there's often about 50 to 200 millisecond delay, like on a Zoom call or something like that, just because with people's internet speeds and stuff. Um, Now that's not a lot and often unrecognizable to most people. But when you're in person, it's just way better because there's zero latency. But every single time I get on Zoom, every time I I get on Google Hangouts, I notice small, small improvements to the point where it's kind of like, there's not really much latency anymore in a lot of my calls, whereas like just a year ago, like it was kind of a problem. And so it's just getting better and better. And at some point, like there'll be like three millisecond latency or something like that for a lot of people in their calls if you're using fiber and they're using fiber. You have very, very, very low latency to where it's just like just almost imperceptible versus a real conversation. That's pretty neat. Um, One thing that's kind of interesting about a real life call is that both people are in the same environmental conditions, right? You're both experiencing the same temperature, smells, room loudness, uh, so you have like a shared experience, whereas video calls, you're kind of in your own home. It's, it's just, it's different. I don't know if it's better or worse. It's just that it's different. So if you, if two people go to, if you and I go to a restaurant and we're talking in a booth, we're both kind of experiencing the same thing, which is a little bit more bonding than just like talking separately on a video call. And then the other thing that's kind of interesting, um, I don't know if you want this or not, but in real life, there are potential physical consequences. Okay, so whereas online, there's no consequences. So people are way meaner to each other online, like the things people say to each other online. uh, You would never hear someone say that in person if the person was face to face uh, because you might get hit. You know, like there's consequences to your actions. And so it's kind of it kind of reminds me of like when I go vote, like you see people talk on Twitter or Facebook or whatever about like politics. And it's just so snarky and mean and stuff like that. But then whenever you go to the actual polls, like an in-person voting location, whether for a local uh, election or whatever, people are very civil. And that's because there's consequences to their actions. If someone starts mouthing off, you might get popped in the face, right? So there are some differences and better things about in real life right now than video calls. But so far, I mean, I think it's just amazing and very uplifting that remote work has worked so well, specifically video calls. Um, here is an interesting picture. So uh, <laughs> this picture section is a is about picking the right picture. So um, if you ever want to pick the optimal profile picture and you're wondering which one it is, well, you think that you look good in certain pictures, but other people don't think the same thing. I know that happened to me. And it was when I first ran a picture through Photofeeler. So it's like, I'm not affiliated with the site. I just love promoting them because it's awesome. It's called Photofeeler.com. And it basically is like, remember like hot or not back in the day? It's kind of like that. Random strangers rank your photos that, or the people that are in the demographic you want, rank your photos to see which one's the best. And it ranks it on different criteria. So there's three different types of categories. There's social, business, and dating. Okay. So social is like Facebook or Instagram. That Those are social networks. Then business is like LinkedIn or your profile and your company wiki or something like that. And dating is, of course, like Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, like all those types of things. And so, you know, you could be like real looking like this, like a, like a, like a real boss on LinkedIn and it might rank high. But then you might look like a total douchebag on a dating site doing that. So it ranks for three different types of things. Uh, for social, it ranks for confidence, authenticness, and fun. Business, it ranks you for competence, likability, and influential influential ability, whatever. And then dating, it ranks you on smart, trustworthy, and attractive. So we actually did a full experiment on this before. And it's kind of surprising because for years, I had this horrible Facebook picture where I was just scowling and I thought I looked so cool. And it turns out I just looked like a psychopath. <laughs> and so, um, and photo showed me that with data, that it was like the lowest ranked photo across the board. Like I just looked mean in it. And I was like, well, I'm not mean. I'm usually a smiley person. And it's just like, well, new people don't know that. Right. So seeing that on photo made me immediately change my photo, even though a bunch of people had previously told me to change that photo, I didn't believe them until I saw the data. So this is just like some of the data that I picked up. Like usually, at least for males, a picture of you smiling really big generally does uh, better across the board. So for example, here is a photo of me not really smiling. I'm just kind of like looking off into the distance. And this photo did okay. It's about 60% across the board on business. It, It scored much lower. But then if you look at me smiling in these other pictures, it actually goes way higher. I don't have the example here right now, but you can go to that uh, type in copywriting course, how to choose the right photo for social or something like that, and you'll find it. Uh, we even did a fun experiment to see if tattoos make a difference. And um, it was difficult to tell across the board because for some people it increased their photos and some people it decreased. But we Photoshopped a bunch of our friends with uh, tons of tattoos and saw <laughs> what you could do and ran it through PhotoFeeler. So I thought that was kind of fun. So that was a fun picture. Um, here's a little interesting tidbit, um, that was resurfaced. I remember reading this book when it came out in in roughly 2006, and it's, it's one of my favorite books in the world. It's called how to get rich by Felix Dennis. He has unfortunately passed away by now. Um, and he was the owner of Maxim magazine and he owned basically a whole magazine empire and publishing empire. And in the very beginning of the book, he, he included this measure of wealth, like a chart. Right? So he said, wealth measured by cash in hand or quickly realizable assets. Meaning, can, if you're a billionaire, but it's all tied up in Apple stock, well, can you quickly get your hands on that cash or do you have to sell your whole position to get it? Right? And so I remember reading this when I was just out of college and it felt crazy Uh, these numbers. And so anyways, he says, if you have a hundred thousand to $400,000, you're categorized as the comfortable poor. (laughs) And I remember thinking like in college, like someone who has a hundred thousand dollars or $400,000 can even remotely be considered poor. And now as I grow older, I realize that let's say you have 400 K in a Roth IRA and that's all your savings. Yeah. You might actually be a little, not quote unquote poor, but like you, you can't like go b- ride a private jet or something because all your money is tied up in one thing. So you actually don't have a lot of access to cash is what he's referring to. So um, he goes down this list and you can see it in this stupid email. And uh, this was in 2006 dollars. So maybe give him some wiggle room on the numbers now. I, I think by now everything has probably doubled. So 100 to, to $400,000 is the comfortable poor. 400,000 to a million is the comfortably off A million to two million is the comfortable wealthy. Two million to 10 million is the lesser rich. 10 million to 30 million is the comfortable rich. 30 million to 70 million is the rich. So in his mind, To be called rich, you have to have a minimum of 30 million. And then if you have 70 million to 100 million, you're seriously rich. 100 million to 200 million, the truly rich. And over $200 million is the filthy rich and the super rich. And he means having $200 million to access of cash, right? So you can liquidate a stock in a day and get access to all that cash. But if it's tied up in like large amounts of real estate or something like that, those are assets that you can't quickly dump and get cash. So those don't technically don't count. Um, here is a drawing and it is of a mental model that I call get angry at the problem. Okay. I really like this one because some days you wake up kind of on the, the wrong side of the bed and you're just pissed off for, I don't know, whatever reason. And, uh, and you don't want to do work. So what I've learned is to kind of like do a judo move on that anger and use the anger to finish the work instead of just being angry that I have to work. So, um, anger is a very powerful driver of productivity Uh, So don't be afraid to harness your anger by knocking the hell out of some work, right? Just like get pissed off at it. Be like, just stupid fucking work. Oh, just, just, just just bang it out and just get it done with. So let's say you're angry at something that pent up anger is energy inside of you waiting to get out. So instead of directing it at punching a wall or throwing something around, uh, use that energy to finish your work. And you'd be surprised at how effective this is. So uh, there's been so many times when I needed to hit a deadline and I'm not even close to finish and I hate myself for not working on it before and I hate myself for how lazy I've been and just like, like, you know, procrastinating on this stupid project. So I try to utilize that anger to knock out the work in record time. Anyways, I hope you knock out your work in record time today. It's Friday, so go out and enjoy yourself. Um, life is fun when you're engaged in stuff, but it's also fun to engage with your friends and family and pet a puppy and play with a baby. So go do all that stuff. I hope you have a great day. My name is Neville Medora. This has been the stupid email, which of course stands for a swipe thought, uplifting picture, interesting and drawing. Have a great Friday. I will talk to you later.